Hi, welcome to By Design. I'm Lynn. And I'm Danette. Uh, we want to send you over to our website. It's bydesignpodcast.com. We're going to have pictures and show notes and all kinds of links to things we talk about. Um, we're also at By Design Podcast on Instagram and Facebook if you want to follow along there as well. So sweet. Here we are again. This mm-hmm. is crazy because I think we're actually at episode 75. Hmm. Is that crazy? 75 episodes. I know. We should be probably around 100, but we take, <laughs> we take some breaks here and there. Because it's real life. Yeah, we do real life. We are not held hostage by our podcast. No. And thanks for like sticking with us, those right. of you that have jumped back on and re-listening and listening yes. new. And we really appreciate the shares and when we get encouraged because... Sometimes it's it's easy to be like, why are we doing this? You know, and it's not for ourselves. That's not why we're doing it. So no. this is great. It's mm-hmm. kind of nice to be back. So anything new going on at the Gora house? That Any rage stories? <laughs> <laughs> there are always rage stories. Um, <laughs> lately, he's been, I made a bed by our bed. Oh. He did that. Oh, so he's not in your bed. Well, he keeps coming down. Yeah. When did they stop? Um, I didn't let them come down, so. I, well, I was the mean mom. Well, girl, actually, I wasn't the mean mom. My husband was like, no, we've this done is our it, room. Yeah, and so. we've done it all. Like, it's know, been different. It's I remember when Rowan, like my oldest Rowan, when she was a toddler, she had big issues with sleeping. She would never sleep. Yeah. Um, like, we found out she eventually she needed tubes and it, it helped Aww. once that happened. But she had a really hard time sleeping. Aww. But like, at one point, we had to lock our bedroom door. Oh, yeah. And so she would come and beat on our door and she would fall asleep outside the door because I had to get sleep in order to not be psychotic. Oh, no. I I entered into a place of like very scary things. And so I I had to shut it off. And it was so hard to do. But eventually she just stayed in her bed. Yeah. And she's loved. We love her. I I held her for nine months straight all through the night. I remember walking around holding this baby. What can I do? Where can I go? How will I not smother her in my sleep? What do I I do? Just like crying. It's exhausting. See, I was never a good... Kurt, um, that was just something that, like, in our house, you know, that worked for us. That it was like, no, our bed is our bed. You know, like they have yes. the rest of the house, they have the rest of our lives. <laughs> so it was like, no, this is our like our bedroom. We've always tried to kind of protect. Like there was mm-hmm. never. Now it was different when when we had babies, and I had to have a shower, and there's baby stuff in your room because I had to. You know what I mean? You have to get ready, and your life is different when you have babies. So I'm not talking about that. I'm saying when they're old enough to have their own space and stay in their own space, right. um, our bedroom was off limits. They don't play in there. They don't. Uh, it's fun now because now it's a special thing. Like if if it's like, let's go watch a family movie and we all pile on our bed. And, you know, like now yeah. it's like, it's more of a special mm-hmm. thing too, which is nice. And, um, but like, I have to like, now it's like, who wants to snuggle? <laughs> Please, no one, what? <laughs> yeah. But they were allowed to come in if they were at my door after 4 a.m. in the morning, they were allowed to come in and snuggle. Mm-hmm. But up until then, you're yeah. in your own bed. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the parameters I had. Like if they were scared or they had a nightmare, of course we would deal with that. But I would deal with that with them in their room. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was never like they could come and have comfort and then we're going back to your room, you know? Right. So yes. and that was kind of, we, mm-hmm. we dealt with it and that was what worked for Kurt and I. Mm-hmm. But it, it was good for our marriage because I, I need that. I need that space. I'm a better mom. 
with a little separation. And, and, you know, I can't, I didn't also want to give my kids a false projection of I can always comfort you. I can't always comfort you. You know, like there's like, I want you to turn, I need to teach you how to deal with this when you get old enough to be able to deal with all Mm -hmm. these things. So we've tried to kind of come at it that way. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I can point you to where you need to go. And at this point now it's like that, okay, what do we do? You know, that that reminding instead of instructing. I think sometimes our, um, our weaknesses, uh, cause some of these issues in our kids. Like we don't, we have a hard time telling them no or letting them hurt because we love them so much, but we have to let them hurt a little bit. And the other thing I've learned, like having three kids is that each child is different. And so like what worked with one does not work with the other. other. Oh, I agree. Like Rigby never got out of his bed. My middle son, he, he one out of three, eight bad. (laughs) He, he like, just slept from the time he was a baby and if he he, there was a point like a couple years ago maybe when he was like four or five he was getting out of bed a lot that was right after we had all that problem with Derek being sick and they were they wake up with bad dreams and they missed you right yeah it was different and you have to you have to so there were seasons you have to look at your home at the time and talk to your husband and if this is working for us then great right and if it's not then okay what do we do to change it so I remember one time with with um, it might have been, it was either of them. Cause at one point a long time ago, they were sharing a bedroom and it was right after frozen came out oh. and we got like one of those, um, the little snowman guy. Oh, Olaf. Olaf. We got it. Olaf. My butt. And so <laughs> I love that guy. I know he was so funny and he still is. But yeah. so I would, Olaf was like my go-to. I, when they would wake oh. up scared or, yeah. or needy, I'd be like, Olaf makes us laugh. Think about him. Yeah. And I would give them Olaf and I'd say, go back in your bed and you can have Olaf. And you think about how funny he is. And think about the funny thing. Oh, that's so, so, so like they smart. Would, so Olaf was the go-to. I was like, go get Olaf. And they would because they he would make them laugh. He'd, they'd grab Olaf and they'd get back in bed. And somehow that little piece of joy, like Absolutely. a nugget would help them through. And but think, Olaf though, was, yeah. Think of how like you're also teaching them truth. Let's think on things that are good and true yeah. and lovely and praiseworthy. Right. But you know? giving them a chance to... On their level. Yeah. Like, that's just so smart. But Rage, he's the kid where he would like, <laughs> he could care less about any stuffed animal yeah. ever. He would throw it across the room. Like yeah. he's just not mm-hmm. sensitive that way. Uh, he just wants mom. He's like yeah. around my neck. And we don't have any doors in our house right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like you can't lock anyone out. <laughs> okay. Because it's... Our house Listen, is kind of... I will go with you later. We will buy a door. <laughs> so... We had a, a small group the other night, and I think it was Pastor Josh reminded me of the idea of making a bed oh, beside yeah. your bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we did that once years ago with one like of the kids. When they're sick or something, they can yeah, come in. Like, like, yeah, like, don't get in my bed, so like yeah, you can lay down they, here. That's a great idea. So Rage, so we did it a few nights with Rage, and he, he's so funny. He's like, no, he people, likes his little bed. He's talking about, where's my bed? And I was like, well, I put the sleeping bag away, and then I get it out right before bed. And so, but like at four in the morning when he comes exactly, down, he gets four, in there. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Smart. See, look Mm -hmm. at little steps towards freedom. I just need him. I need him to stay in his own bed, and sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. Yeah, no, that's great. Looks like you have a solution that's working. That's great. Yeah, and And your husband's on board. Oh yeah. So there you go. You checked all the boxes. Derek's the guy who would just be like, send them off into the night. He'd be like, (laughs) go find your room. You're two years old. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Like he just, and I would be like, they're two. We got to at least walk them back to their room. We. Yeah. yeah, I'm a woman. Yeah. I parent different. You know what's cute that. is that I actually found a video. Uh, I was like, I fell into like a oh my gosh, because okay, our oldest is now like taller than me, and 
like he's a man child now. Like now he's like, <laughs> like he's becoming a yeah. man. Right. And he was only like five, four when I brought him home. So I'm having all of these, like, I get it. Like where it's like, I can't believe these kids are ours. And where do they come from? Like, I'm totally having those feelings right now. Five, four as in weight, not height. Yes. He was five, four. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking th- like you adopted <laughs> a, a giant, giant child. <laughs> he's taller than I am. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no. Five, four, white, white. He was four ounces. I brought him home because he, he was, was my mi- preemie. Oh, he's yeah. mini. Yeah. And so now he's like, you know, he's mm-hmm. turning into a man. And um, so I like was looking at pictures and I found a video of Jude, who's our youngest, who's now nine. And he, um, it was him who had snuck out of bed after. So we had had friends over and our friends had just left. And he was like sad that he didn't get to say goodbye to them. He was just in his bed listening, you know waiting but then mm-hmm. it was just so cute and he was sitting on my lap and we we're like are you supposed to be in bed and oh. he's like no like you know it's yeah. just like so cute he just turns his head like he didn't want to look at us you know mm-hmm. and he was like probably two three and yeah it was just like i remember those days when you wanted to be near me <laughs> all the time <laughs> so it part changes. of me is like yes it's good to have those boundaries because you are teaching them because mm-hmm. it's not cute to have a 13 year old sleeping with you <laughs> no but um, you have to enjoy those moments when you have them too. Right. Know? And it's not, it's really not it's good for your marriage to it have isn't. your kids in your it's bed. Not. So honestly, I, I, so I think as women, maybe sometimes we can use that as absolutely a, they bo- need us. a boundary to keep, you know, absolutely lots of other things and, and to not be close with our husbands. And we're called to love our husbands and then to raise these children up. We're called to make disciples. Now there's ways that we can do that, that they have to respect our boundaries, you know, and we're teaching them to respect our boundaries by saying, mm-hmm. this is where you're not, this is dad's and mine because mm-hmm. we love each other. You know, our room is ours. So you have your room and we love you and you get your own room, you know, and right. you need to, and like teaching them to respect that mm-hmm. and to see their parents as like, this is important to dad and mom. Like we, we value this. This is something that we're going to fight for. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's something that I think we need more of nowadays. I think our kids can become idols really easily. Mm-hmm. And I've fallen into that just as much as anybody else. Right. So. And we have to be mature. We can't Absolutely. use our children to yeah. keep that barrier between our, you know, our, us and our husbands. Our and distance. I, right. Like what if you, you know, if your marriage is struggling um, and you have kids sleeping in your bed every night, like if you got to take that step to get your kids in your own bed, it might not fix your marriage, but you're one step closer to. Absolutely. But that says something, to right? To building. Like that action though yeah. is telling your kids that your dad's important to me and it's telling your husband I want to work on this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're important right. to me. Like this is something that yeah, we need to work gotta give your chill, you got to give yourself a fighting chance. Absolutely. And so some of the things you can do, let's, let's do it. Yeah. And if you need help with that, you call a friend, mm-hmm. you know, and you say, I need some encouragement to yeah. stick to my guns because mm-hmm. this is hard and it's easy. This is, this is what's comfortable and easy. And that does not take courage. Mm-hmm. What's comfortable and easy is not, us not being brave, you know? So we need sometimes help to be brave and, Mm-hmm. To be like, remember the courage that was in you yesterday? Yeah, girl, it's still in you. Let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. so so your rage story. We kind of went off on a tangent there. I know. Sorry That's, about that. That was so sweet. So he's got a little bed. He has a little bed. Yep. I love that. So cute. Okay. So you've got Ragey in his little bed and you're still working on your house. Right. You, you mentioned a couple episodes ago that you guys were doing some updates. Yeah. I was painting back then. And dark, I, right? I did. Yeah. I painted one wall in our living room really dark. Um, and I was going to put a dark plank wall on there and we started doing the planking, but, um, I decided last minute to just go with white. So now I have half a wall Seriously? of white. I know. Why do I, I love this? I, and I'm looking at pictures of both cause I, I want know. everything, but I also, so I do love the dramatic 
Um, I love that feel of a dark wall. Like I, I think know. you're so. I think you're brave for doing that because I. But now I'm at white. But now you're going back to white, which I love a white wall. But the reason is there's a reason that I'm doing it is because I have I won't I'll have this big white wall of wood and then I have the the stone or the white brick out in our sunroom that you'll be able to see and there's going to be a dark I'm going to paint the doors between the two that dark color so oh what a great idea yeah so it's kind of a layering thing that I'm doing okay you guys need to go over to the website to see pictures of this so you can picture what I'm picturing in my head if you don't know Danette's layout um so make sure you go over to to bydesignpodcast.com to see these pictures yeah I'll show you the in process pictures it got too cold it's snowing again so Derek can't use the saw to keep cutting all the boards but um it's fun it's nice to see and my kids are like what why are you doing that what did they have no idea they're like what is this I'm like can you just can anyone just let me do things it's magical just wait I know what's the point so like and the thing is is like when you when you do this like Kurt and I've done like a shiplap uh a faux shiplap wall at our house and you know we've done it for other people Mm -hmm. but it does not have to be expensive. It's like the cost of the paint and the and the and a piece wood. of yeah, like and quarter inch plywood yeah. planks, and it's just it makes it way more affordable than mm-hmm. actually buying them as planks. Yeah. So this is like an easy update for like a bathroom or a wall in your in your bedroom. I think it looks mm-hmm. so nice behind like your headboard, like yeah, as your headboard or mm-hmm. easy. Yep. So I'm excited to get something in my house, kind of finished up or and looking it, a little it'll better feel more like you mm-hmm. you know like you'll feel like oh this is my house mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah so um well then you'll have a space to like write because you've been writing more i know and like i just love like seeing you in this place it's just mm-hmm. been so encouraging for me you know and like inspiring to be like yeah i need to be you know one in god's word and secondly talking about these things with my people you know Mm -hmm. like it's just such a great thing to get together and talk and hear all the things that God's showing you and teaching you and yeah I I have I I really have been hearing a lot from God if that makes any sense and I and I know that because there's a hungry area in this part of mine that is devouring the things of God and always having like there's so many things coming at me that I want to write about or study about and I seem to not have enough hours in the day right it's weird right so yesterday I was doing some writing and I will almost have um a little blog post yay to put out there but I thought maybe we could talk a little bit um today about you know um what does what does God see when he looks at people you know what like does anybody. he anybody yeah and what do we see when we're looking mm. um like you know when you're in a crowd or at the grocery store or, um, you know, what do we see when we see people? We see the physical, we see, we see their clothes, we see the brand, maybe the brands they wear, the style right. they wear. All these things say a little bit about someone, right. but, but we make judgments about people by what we see. You know, we see the exterior, we see the exterior, we see people's bodies so much is based on the package that we present, right? Are we thin? Are we not thin? Are we strong? Are we, you know, how do our clothes fit? At, like the feasting of our eyes is mm, endless. Right. Um, and I love, there's something that Christine Kane said, just made me think of that um, in one of her, her sermons we shared at Pursuit, like where you're looking, that's where your heart follows you, right? So like where mm. you're gazing and what what's important to you and you're feeding your eyes with, yeah. that that becomes what you adore. <clears throat> you know, right. or you don't. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what is that Bible verse that is, it says like what we, that the eyes, the, the eyes are the window oh, to, to the, the soul. soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So Matthew 6 verses 22 through 24 in the NIV says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light then within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Mm, ouch. Yeah. So, you know, it's I... filling yourself with... Right. But I think that when we... What, what I'm getting at is what do we see when we look at people? What does God see? So obviously we live in a physical world and we see faces, we see beauty, we see what's lacking or what's not lacking. You know, like I see all these wrinkles and all this gray hair. Mm. Um, but we also see things like the cars people drive, the houses that they live in, and we, and we place them in a certain category in our hearts. We like to say we don't. Right. But we do. Yeah. Um, we, all these kind of things. You're, they, you're making assumptions about people. Well, they settle in. the way they live. They settle in. They do. Within us. And then we form well, over opinions. Over time, right? Over time yeah. seeing it. But it helps us decide also if we want to know someone. Because we tend to be with people that are, we tend to be closest and want to know the people that are like us. Or maybe that we see that maybe can do something for us or take us somewhere or we might benefit by knowing them or be the person that knows them. And so there's so much... We have to be so careful when, when we look at our... Because that's also like, that goes to that that part in James where it says, like, if you give somebody uh, a better seat because of the clothes they're wearing, you know, like showing favoritism like that. Yeah, yes. You know, like that's that's a slippery right. slope. I we think we all, like to, that. we all like to say that we don't do- judge, we don't show favoritism. But I think if we're really honest with our own hearts... We do. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? If you think about, um, there's a covetousness, I think, within us. Um, so much covetousness. And it's little pieces of, um, you know, wanting what someone has and seeing what they have or seeing their clothes and wanting that shirt or seeing their, their you know, look at all of these things on Facebook right now that makes you look like oh a model. Goodness, all like the filters and the... But like, yeah, we, we want... More, we want best foot forward, or even a foot that's not even the foot that we were given. Like it's not good enough. We need to have injections. We need. We can't have our wrinkles. We can't Mm. have. You know, I'm putting sharpie in my hair so the grays don't show. It's so superficial. Can I just say it bothers me that men look better with gray hair in the sides. It's like not fair, Mm -hmm. Lord. (laughs) Why? Sorry. No. Hey, I. It's not fair. It's not. It's not. It's like a man. I like a rooster. Roosters are beautiful. I know. It's the man chicken. But that's like all of the all the birds. Like they're and they, the the lion. Look at that gorgeous mane he gets. I know. Thanks God. He gets a mane, and guys get better with gray hair. Come on. <laughs> and the rooster has such pretty tail feathers. Like, oh, see, oh. I just am scared of roosters. Okay. So. Well, anyway, so <laughs> I, I blame you for that. I know. You, <laughs> Roosters so. are scary. We do have some mean ones. It's okay. But they're so pretty. They're, they're pretty. See, but look at, you can look past mm-hmm. their <laughs> ugly hearts and and appreciate their feathers. Mm-hmm. And like, if we can do that the opposite way, you mm-hmm. know, like we can look at somebody and like, I have started doing this. I remember there was a song uh, by Brooke Fraser way back when, uh, Hosanna. Okay. Mm-hmm. And part of the, the bridge or the, I don't know what part of the song it is because I don't write music. <laughs> Um, Kurt will be like, you should know this, <laughs> but it's the bridge. It doesn't rub off. I don't no. know. It's the bridge of the chorus. I don't know. One of those. And it says, she sings, break my heart for what breaks yours. You know, open up my eyes to the things unseen. Help I love me that love song. the way um, that you love. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, if that's really our prayer, if we can say that, like, Lord, when I go out 
break my heart for what breaks yours. And that's people that are far from him, right? You know, for people that are hurting and that mm-hmm. are the brokenhearted, he's near to them. So if we're, that's the people that look any which way, they could be all put together or they could mm-hmm. be um, not put together, you know? And so that's the, that's the difference of, mm-hmm. of looking with our own eyes and judgments and asking God to show us like, well, how, and there's some people are just hard to love. Okay. So there's some people that are frustrating and they're hard to love. And I've gone into meetings with them too, where I have to be like, Lord, help me love them the way you love them. Help mm-hmm. me see them the way you see them. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps. Like if I actually right. walk in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like what I'm, what I've been thinking about and studying from the word of God and just seeing how God sees us. Um, if we start with the people that we stand in line next to at the grocery store or we drive up next to at a stoplight or the kids we pass in the hall or the people that we don't know that we sit at or that we sit by in church or anywhere. Okay. If we look at these people and we try to see them, how God sees them mm-hmm. as souls mm-hmm. and not as physical packages, it's or not a project. about, right. But it's not about the things. Yeah. It's not about the clothes. It's not about our faces. It's not about our bodies. It's about the heart of man, like what you were saying. Amen. But I think if we start that way and we start looking at the people we don't know like that, it gives us a love for humanity. Um, and it, it makes it easier when we get into those meetings to look at that person and all that mess Absolutely. and all of the the hard the person that's hard to love and you kind of are able to break it down into a simpler you know what I mean absolutely that's just a an, a soul right. that's needy and hurt and broken and that is and, and is operating out of fear you or, know what I mean mm-hmm. and they're lashing out or they're being difficult because they don't feel like they're enough. Yes. They, they're they're insecure in who they right. are. And so we're not maybe reacting to the symptom of the problem, but we're actually able to meet them at the core of the problem. Right. So um, anyway, I just, I think that oh, that's so everything great. that is thrown at us on Instagram and Facebook and in the media, it's all based on this package. Yeah. It's all this nice put together package that none of us can attain. Right. You know, um, but yet we... Like yeah. there's so much in us that wants what they um, have, what they have, and so I want to say one thing: like to covet, it means to like yearn to possess something. We want it, right? Something that's not ours, right? And that is a sin. It's one of the Ten Commandments, and so I know that we have Jesus, and so we're not going to be perfect, right? But I think that when we start repenting of the pieces, the small pieces of this sin uh, of covetousness, if we start with the repenting of the small things and actually take it before the Lord in prayer, we get to be free of it. Right. And so it, that's where growth happens. And so once because if then we, we can go out, we can love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And um, then there's that freedom in it. You're not, you're not, comparing you're not striving for anything except just to love your neighbor as yourself but like like, let's repent of our own sin so that we can can. live that way because i think we gloss over it we say well i just want it or that's so nice or Or we just want to my house isn't my you know like we think it's okay to want all these things or we we stuff it and we print or we hide it but we need to to get to our own hearts and so when i when i'm driving that yes so if we ask god to show us our sin we will grow in our faith. Um, it's not about getting rid of the sin. It's about throwing off these things that hinder us so that we can love better. We can see clearer. Because if we start doing it on the small things, mm-hmm. like this stuff, when we get to the really big, big things, we'll, we'll, we'll be in a practice of living a repentant yeah. life. Yeah, And that doesn't make us 
more beautiful or more justified or more anything because we have Jesus, but it makes life sweeter and easier. And it and there's so much more growth that happens when we're able to call out our sin, but start with the small ones. So then by the time when you get to the big one, it's, you know what I mean? Like you've, you're living a repentant life Seriously. in the small things and it's easier to shake off and the how sin many times and see yourself. If we don't, if we don't repent, how many times have we seen people trying to do things in their own strength mm-hmm. and then it just becomes ugly? So they're doing things for the act of getting the blessing. They're just being mm-hmm. kind or they're just being loving because that's what they're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Not because but that's not, real. not because what's driving them to do that is mm-hmm. God's love for them and because God has given his son and saved you from eternal damnation, you know, and given you a seat with him in the heavenly realms because of all of what he's done for you, you can go in love and actually actually be Jesus, you know, right. be hands and feet of and Jesus. And living by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, and that you starts, can't do it on your own. Right, and it starts with brokenness and yes. repentance and, and realizing that you don't have it all figured out. Right. So I, I just I just see like, you know, it's the baby steps. You know, if we are able to, to do this with the milk and with yeah. the small things, you know, imagine how much easier it will be because we're all going to make, we're all going to fall. We're all going to sin. Absolutely. And so I just... I don't know. I, I feel like this is an easy thing if so we do start doing that it this, privately. Like, it is. So if we do it privately, yes. Yeah, so if we're starting to do that. If and you're then, not doing it privately, if you're not, re- what are you repenting of? You know, this, I always seriously. come back to this. I'm sorry, but I. It all breaks down to our hearts though, right? Everything that we do flows out of our hearts, whether we want to admit it or not. You know, like it's not because we're good or because mm-hmm. we have anything. We, we have motives that drive us. We have dreams. We have desires. We have dislikes and we have distastes and those can drive us right so everything that we do comes out of our hearts so if we are if we have no time mm-hmm. for people god's people fellow image bearers that he has put a soul in that he says i died for them and i see them and i love mm-hmm. them just as much as you and if we don't have time for anybody like other people that are either walking with god or not then woe to us mm-hmm. if we are just so wrapped up in ourselves well, you know, I and just... there's all this talk, like I read all these things and I, I follow so many people on um, social media that, you know, we're talking about not being in a culture of comparison and we're talking about um, like we need to stop comparing and all this. But actually, before you can do that, you need to get on your knees yeah. and get your heart right with God, which Seriously. means do some repenting. If yeah. you want to live that kind of freedom, mm-hmm. we have to be able to call out sin. So we can't, um, we have to be able to name our sin and yep. ask for God to forgive us and lead us in uh, repentance. So um, you had just mentioned this. Um, what does God see? Like you were talking about that we bear the image of God. Right. So I want to, I want to look at scripture and I yeah. want like, that's the whole, the whole thing. Like we can talk about all the things, seeing, but seeing people to... as they are, but um, we need to, we need to always come back to the word of God. So um, how does God see us? You know, he sees souls and he sees who he's created. So we are image bearers. Uh, it's Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Um, so we bear to be an image bearer. It means that we're like a small picture uh, reflection, um, a piece of the creator of the world. Like right. just this small, each of us. Like, okay, stop and try to even like understand that. Like when I look at you right now across the table from me, you know what I mean? Like you are a reflection of God Almighty. Right, there's a piece of me that he, like, yeah, how, that's we can't, him. We can't even mm-hmm. like fathom that and how big is so when we look at all the people of the, there's 6 billion people on the earth or whatever, like, oh my gosh, not to mention just that, then all of creation reflects his glory and his goodness Mm -hmm. you know like i can't even understand that in my little brain 
But when we come back to that truth and we're, we're um, standing next to someone who is completely impatient and rude or whatever, maybe somebody that's ugly in their heart and that you mm. you kind of can't stand them. Yeah. Or, but if you remember that they bear the image of God and you look at them through the eyes of of God, you know, that he created them for a purpose, they might not see that, but right. it gives you love and grace for it them. Does. And then you're, and it's not you. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything great. That's that's Jesus in you. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's God in you that's allowing you to... Mm-hmm. Get back to like the nuts and bolts of Saul, you know, when you looked at Saul, they wanted a king, and, right. and he God was, gave them one. They, he gave them one, but he he still made Saul, and mm-hmm. he was this tall, beautiful man. Maybe he reflects a, a beauty of God. You know, who knows? How, God is so beautiful. There's something in Saul that God made that he is born or made in the image of God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But there are little inklings of his character, his heart, because he was he didn't. He didn't believe God to be who God said he was because God told him, like he was told through Samuel, that he would be the king. And a couple times before he was even crowned, he was hiding out. He wouldn't tell the whole truth. He'd tell the half truth. Right. Like what did, I think it was his uncle asked him, what did, you know, what did Samuel say to you? Oh, nothing. He just, you know, he told me I was going to be king. He wouldn't mention that because yeah. maybe he, he was afraid of it. Maybe he didn't want to be king. Maybe who knows what it, what it would have done to him, you right. know, in his, could have changed the direction of his life. Who knows what was going on in the, in the mind of Saul, but. The thing was, is that he didn't trust God to take him there. When right. when they were narrowing down the clans and they were, you know, um, Samuel said, you know, gather according to your clan and your people. And then they narrowed it down one by one until they finally came to um, Saul's family and they named, you know, Saul, Saul yeah. of Kish or something. Yeah. They called his name and he was nowhere to be found. He was hiding in the yeah. luggage. He was hiding. Um, and they had to like drag him out. But that just shows that he didn't trust God to do what only God can do. So like... It might look like a humility, but I think it's misplaced modesty. It's like a false humility. Yes. I mean, maybe he really didn't want to be um, king. Who knows what was going on in his heart? And I don't know that. But um, look how that ended, though. Like, you know what I mean? Right. If, if you keep. If over time, his heart is shown because yeah. over and over, he's more, he cares more about what people think and what man thinks than what his God tells him to do, yeah. than doing the right thing. It's all over in that story. Yeah. And so, but by the time you get to David, that's the thing is that the dad, like when they're going to choose a new king, right? Yeah. When God comes to Jesse. Yeah. It, he, so anyway, he gets the family and all the boys are standing there, right? All these, these big strapping sons. These beautiful men. And, and he goes one by one. He's like, no, 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 no. The one that God chose is the one out doing I the work. I love that Samuel's like, are, is this all of your, is this, is this all your kids? Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, there, well, there's David. He's just out in the fields. He's playing his harp, <laughs> chasing chasing sheep and playing his harp. He's like, you know, but, I just love that though. But he was out. The One of the beautiful things that I love about that is like David was out doing the work. Yeah. He was working in the fields. He was working for the people. And he's the last born, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Yeah. Like they're just, there's so much beauty. Right. In, Paul, like Saul was hiding out, right? Yeah. Saul was hiding. Um, David was David working. David yeah. And like, He's in there getting the job done. He's not concerned with heirs or or who who's watching or not watching or yeah, just doing what he's called to do. Right, and so right in front of him. Yes, and so God sees the heart. Yeah, I wish we could just look for the heart because one of the things when Saul was chosen, it's like there was kind of I think like a a little bit of a like a scuffle. Like, where's the guy? Where is he? Like they couldn't find him. He's hiding, and then you know they drag him out, and there's maybe 
once he stood up, it says, and the people saw that he stood higher above them. They're like, yeah, they, they said, guy. they said, we long want live, someone big and beautiful. Right. They said, long live the king. They didn't ask a, a shred of anything about his, his character. character. Did he follow God? Mm. Was he a man after God's own heart? But he looked good, right? He looked good. That would be the king that would people would follow into battle. So their like, men. Because may, he that was, be, may that be a lesson for us today. If we're just following people because they look good or because they're making a lot of money or because like outwardly they just look good. Is it enough that um, that God sees you, that he's teaching you things, or do you need yeah. to be seen? And that was one of the things yeah. that I was, that I've just been really chewing on is, is it enough to be seen by God? Yeah. And can you rest in that? Is yeah. that enough? Mm-hmm. And how about how we see other people, um, like popularity and glory um, in the eyes of others? Um, it's not it's not a good goal for the people of God. It's not what God's heart for us. It's not good for us. And it, it kind of all resonates back in this story in Samuel with Saul, like um, honor in the eyes of other people um, or, or do we want to follow God? Do we want yeah. to look good or do we want to follow God and know God? Um, in Luke 16, verse 15, Jesus said, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is just is detestable in the sight mm. of God. So, wow! You know, it's funny. It does make me think of like when I, like raising kids now in this day and age, like who they're surrounding themselves with. You know, if they can love them well, and if mm-hmm. they can lead, or if they're following. And so, like I remember my mom telling me, like, you know, you are who you hang out with. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's true. Like if you're just surrounding yourselves with people that will puff you up and tell you how awesome you are all the time. And never be like, I see this in you, or they kick your butt, or aren't mm-hmm. not always a fan, you know? Well, think about all the the different kinds of kids even in school. Absolutely. Like there's like popular kids, there's not popular kids. Yeah. There's, you know, the kids that don't have a lot of clothes, the kids that, I know. you know, and so who do you want to be friends with? I, know. I think it, it stands the same for us today. Who yeah. do we want to be friends with? The yeah. less than? Because that's who we're called. That's what Jesus says is worth it. When you love the least of these, it's like you're loving me. But really love them. Really be looking for souls. Really be looking at the heart of people and not valuing them based on what they have Agreed. or what they know or what they've accomplished. Or their influence or their power or their, their money or their... Right. Do you want to be friends with someone, someone who's like a millionaire? Do you want to be friends with someone who's famous? Why? Because you can get something out of it. Isn't it funny? And but that's you in want with, a name drop. That's you know? within all of us. Yeah. We have to we have to check that. We have to get at the feet of Jesus and say, mm, forgive me for, for wanting the physical. Forgive me for wanting things for myself to be known, to be seen. And that's, and because, you're right. It is in all of us, but we have to have, you know, this is where it's like, we have to be able to sit quiet and ask God, like, is this, is this in me? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have those trusted friends that aren't necessarily just fans, but they actually truly love you and they know your heart and they can say to you, yeah, but yeah, I know your heart's this, but yeah, maybe you are struggling with that mm-hmm. a little bit. Or, you know, to be able to have those people to call on to say, is this me? Right. You know, we have to have those people and we need to heed, like God can use our community as a means mm-hmm. of grace, you know? And like, that's mm-hmm. that's been something I have just been so richly blessed in, you know, to have people around me that will, that will, not always just be in my fan club, mm-hmm. you know, like that will be like, Lynn, we love you, but right. listen, stop that. Knock mm-hmm. it off. Like it also gives you appreciation for the, f- the whole family of God, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, there's people that don't look like, le- like us on the other side of the world mm-hmm. that are just as so much a part of this family. 
Well, I love that. They're like, so different. That came out when you were talking about India. You know, like I love like that you have sisters and brothers that you that Holy Spirit and you recognize the Holy Spirit in them. And there was like this kinship. Like there is this instant bond with God's people. Like when mm-hmm. you have that yeah. in common, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what culture you come from. This morning, Rigby said to me, he's um, my seven-year-old. He said, mom, do you know that everyone, and I love that, like, this is the things that I'm writing about that I know we're going to talk about. And Rigby's like, just out of the blue, mom, did you know that everyone in this entire world is cousins? That's how he said that. it. Um, and I was oh, like, because Adam and Eve. And I was I like, love really? That. He's like, well, yeah. He's like, because Adam and Eve had a baby, and then they had babies, and everyone is cousins then. I and I it. was like, oh yeah, because we're all like really like brothers and sisters. That's yeah. what I, I try to tell him. And he's like, but mom, cousins, because to him, cousins are special. Oh, yeah. Cousins are he loves are, his cousins, right? They're like not. The and people. there's many of them <laughs> yeah. in our family. There are. They're not the people though that you fight with, yeah. but they're the people you want to spend time with. But I love it that like That's it's so sweet. But to be a cousin with someone is yeah. it's an honor, right? You know, like they're my cousin, and like what a special spot cousins have for us. And I love like through the eyes of a seven year old. He was like, I was telling my friends that we're actually cousins. Oh, I love like it. everyone's That's my so cousin. Like you want, he wants that. He's right. such a sweet boy. But he's right. Yes. Like, may we look at the stranger in the store, in the stoplight, every single person that walks through the doors of our church or who doesn't or that we see at our place of work. And remember, they're our cousin. That's right. They they have the same image stamped on them. And we just have to look for them. We have to look for that good in them. Just like you died for us. And point them to the God who sees them. So anyway, lots of things. Man, this has been a fun thing to talk about. And it makes me like more... Wants, makes me want to be more intentional to love well. You love know? well. Let's see souls. Let's Seriously. not see bodies. Like Bob Goff's new book is coming out, you guys. Mm. It's called Everybody Always because we need to love everybody always, even the hard to love people. So mm. make sure you go pre-order that because it's it's a great book. And if you want to read more, just great mm-hmm. encouragement mm. on this topic. So Awesome. Well, we've beat this horse, right? <laughs> Let's look for souls. Another, Let's love another them. animal one. We were skidding cats. Last I have time. all these horrible <laughs> animals. Oh, okay. Bye.